0: Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark.
1: Hi everyone, how are you? I am Nina Clark. We are dancing here in the studio, getting everything going here. We are rolling. We're back for another episode of Nina's Got Good News. And first of all, I just want to say, you guys rock. Thank you so much for all the support. I am so grateful. This is a movement to share good news, and we are growing every single week with a new episode on iTunes, and it's all because of you out there listening. So today, we have a very special guest for podcast number... Forty! Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It's like it's like when we just turned forty. Um, we have a very special guest joining us from New York City today. She's a freelance writer, a New York Times bestselling author. Oh my gosh, let's brag about that a little bit. Her name is Sarah Bliss. Her newest book is called "Take the Leap." change your career and change your life. This is a must read for anyone who is considering a job or a career change. I can say that because I read it cover to cover, if you can believe I actually read a book. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. Sarah, how are you?
0: I'm great. I'm so fired up to be here. I love what you're doing, spreading good news. I think it's so key right now. Um, There's just too much, too much, uh, we're all kind of inundated with so much negativity, and I think it's nice to
1: have a space like that. Oh, well, thank you. Well, you're a breath of fresh air, too, and I've just really enjoyed reading your book. I actually wish that I had read it. I wish, you know, I mean, unfortunately, it wasn't out when I was making my big career shift, but now I still love reading it, even though I'm loving what I'm doing. But give us some information on your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Sarah.
0: Sure. Um, I actually started in the art world. Um, I was a person at Christie's Auction House and um, helping international clients. I'm half Ecuadorian, and I did a lot of um, translation, and it was very glamorous and and fun. But the whole time I was there, I really wanted to be writing and in magazines, and that was always my dream. And I went back to school at night, and... Um, Ended up at House Beautiful, where I started, um, even though I had really no interest in design. (laughs) And ended up kind of as a design writer for a while and went freelance probably too soon. And um, wrote a couple books when I was um, first starting out. Um, And then I just, I've been writing kind of ever since. I have been writing about everything from beauty and health and design and travel, um, but profiles of people being constant. And that's really kind of how I got the idea for this book, is writing all these profiles about all these fascinating people and um, and realizing that so many of them actually made these kinds of jumps, even though you wouldn't know it.
1: Yeah, so um, why why did you want to write this how-to guide? Why did you want to do this so badly? I knew, I knew you, you had it in you, you say, but why did you want to do it?
0: You know, I think I was someone who wasn't always happy with where my career was. I always was kind of, I kind of started in magazines already thinking about a leap, like I went into magazines to get a job in magazines, but I really wanted to be in women's magazines, um, and I just thought it would be easy to read; It definitely wasn't. You kind of get pigeonholed into, like, one kind of subject, and that's, like, your expertise. Um, and I did a lot of, when I went freelance, I kind of did a lot of going for, you know, where the money was. Like, I just wanted to be a working writer. I wanted to get paid, so I I kind of did what was what was easy. And um, and then I kind of got to a point where I was writing profiles, but I just wasn't kind of doing the kind of work that I wanted. Um, I ended up on a detour ghostwriting for a lot of other people, which um, was not my dream either. Um, and you know, especially I was writing all these design books for other people. Um, but at the same time, I kept interviewing all these amazing people who had found success maybe a little bit later or had had, like, these big kind of detours and failures early on, and I just thought that that was so inspiring, and I almost kind of kept a running list of these stories, both for myself and to tell my friends when, you know, we were at dinner or hanging out, and they would tell me how they wanted to do something else, Um, especially with moms, um, you know, after, you know, this was a big discussion with moms, whether. It's, you know, when you want to go back to work or whether you take time off or you are trying to figure out what to do after your kids, you know, go to kindergarten. Um, but I just felt like this topic kind of of reinvention was very applicable for myself and for my friends. And I just knew that a book needed to be out there about it. I knew people needed to see that it was possible, the change, real change, a major change, is possible at any age, no matter you know, how old you are, what your financial circumstances are, what your experience is. Um, and I wanted to put these stories out there as proof that you can do it.
1: Oh, well, that's so awesome. It's so motivating to read your book and all these stories are so great. But Sarah, how do you know, like, what do you tell people? How do you know if you're ready for a career switch or if you're just having a bad day at work? Like, how do you know when it's really time, because sometimes you do just have a bad day and you really don't need a career switch, right?
0: Sure. I mean, I think that's a really good question. and I think, you know, I think this idea that part of the problem is this idea that we have to be, like, happy, that work has to, like, bring us happiness, like, all the time. I mean, I think that's a very, like, modern concept. Um, It certainly wasn't the case, like, I think with a lot of our parents um, who saw work as just, you know, a the make money and support a family, I, um, you know, there's a whole, there was just a a poll that basically said, you know, millennials value purpose over a purpose. And I think that's great, but I also think the problem is, is that we get this idea that we're supposed to be happy all the time. So the first thing is I think you need to assess whether or not you are, um, expecting too much from your work even if you're in a dream job as you know it's not always fun and it's um, a lot of hard work and it can be sometimes a very like humbling experience um, trying to get something off the ground um, but I think if it's something if there's like a real if you really really feel like there's something that you want to do and you can't you know it's your, it's your dream to do it you see like a real purpose behind it Um, then that's something to explore. I mean, I think, and I don't think you have to do it in in a huge immediate step. I don't think you have to blow up your career and go announce that you want to quit as soon as you kind of get this idea. I recommend that you do a certain amount of research and talk to people who've done it and study up and and get prepared. And I think that kind of in-between time really confirms whether or not it's something you want to do.
1: Now, in the book, you talked about all these different people, and you kept this running list. It's so great, all their stories. There are so many great stories of real people that you actually interview. I think there was like 65 people all together. They actually did. They took the leap, and they share their advice. They share their stories. Can you share just some of your favorites with everyone so that they might sort of draw some inspiration from some of the people that have successfully done this and shared their stories with you?
0: So, um, you know, I'm really into this idea of reinvention um, and that we really need to get out of, you know, these kind of ruts that we get in. And especially um, as mothers and especially as we get older, I think it's kind of easy to stay the course. So I love these reinvention stories. And there are two stories that are um, some of my favorites. One of them is a mom actually from Connecticut. Her name is Nicole Letera. And she, she says that she was kind of born to do hair. Her um, family was on business and um, she just was doing hair kind of from a young age and she had her own salon. Um, and she had twins actually and decided to go back to school to become an EMT because she kept having these experiences where people would get in these accidents around her and she wanted to help them. Um, more than she could, more than just by being comforting, she actually wanted to be the person saving the day and rescuing them and helping them on their worst day. Um, so she went back to the empty at night um, when she had twins, young, really young twins, and then she was at all these fires and somehow got the insane idea that she wanted to be the one running into the burning building and rescuing people, which is amazing and so inspiring. So another baby, um, she then also went to school at night, and after um, six months, and now she does both. It's her like, glamorous, you know, hair salon day job, and um, she's a volunteer writer, um, I think, in Cornwall. Um, and uh, she's, I love that she does both, and I love that she's kind of reinvented herself as this you know, badass woman, and she loves showing her kids that women can do anything and that moms can do anything. Um, so that's one of my favorites. Um, another fun one is Marjorie Gubelman, who is a 42-year-old single mom and uh, secretly went back to school or went to school to DJ school in the East Village with teenagers. And now she didn't tell anybody because she wasn't sure if it was even like a doable thing. And now she's an international DJ and she goes on around the world working for some top brands like Tory Burch and Dolce & Gabbana. So those are some fun ones.
1: Well, they're both so inspiring. And I love I love that it's like a lot of girl power. That's like my jam. So kudos to them. And I love that they shared their stories. So in your opinion, what should your dream job look like? And what should it feel like?
0: So we think you have to be really, really invested in it. Um, I don't think necessarily you have to be like, you know, the whole follow your passion thing. I advice that I don't subscribe to. I just think as long as you're really, really committed to it and invested to it, that's the key because there are just so many hurdles that come with making a switch. I mean, some of the stories in my book, there are people who it took a year. They had the idea, but then it took years to kind of make it happy uh, I mean make it work out and make it a financial reality and and have it be themselves being kind of a happy place with it. So you really invested then you accept that there are all these these hurdles that come along as just that and that's just part of it and you don't get derailed by by little things.
1: Now let's talk about fear. What's your advice what's your best advice for people that you know this sounds to some people kind of scary, right taking this big leap it sounds a little risky, it sounds a little scary. So how can they overcome that fear if they want to take the leap?
0: Well, the first thing is, um, for a lot of these switches, I mean, if you look at it, that you can always go back to what you were doing before, um, then it becomes a little less scary. Um, So that's the first thing. The second thing is, I don't think you have to necessarily overcome fear. I think you have to just kind of get comfortable in that feeling that that's an understanding that that's just part of the process. Um, I There's a woman in the book who's amazing, who is now a head safari ranger in Africa. <laughs> and she was in finance before. Um, and she talks about the whole concept of fear and how when you're, feeling afraid of something or feeling nervous, like be in that moment, be okay with it and understand that you kind of have to get through that in order to get to something bigger and better. Um, and if you see it that way, um, that's also kind of a more empowering way to see it rather than having it be something that just like crushes you and stops you in your tracks.
1: Oh, that's great advice. That's really good. I love that so we have we have a question from the audience now Sarah my fabulous producer here at Quinnipiac University here he is a college student Dan Ball and he actually has a really important question for you Sarah what's on your mind Dan I, I do so so Sarah thank you for taking the time to join us today and um, you know you, you're talking a lot about reinvention but I, I was kind of curious about the original invention uh, for for college students so what would be the best advice that you could give for uh, a college student like myself who's going into to the job market and kind of figuring things
0: out right after school? So the first is, I don't think you need to get, like, obsessed with this idea that the job that you have out of college is going to be the job for the rest of your life. I think, I think that that is a really overwhelming concept, um, and I think if you look at your career as something that is going to um, have a bunch of different acts and chapters and detours, um, then it becomes like something that maybe is, feels more fun and exciting um, than overwhelming and like this incredibly um, daunting commitment. Um, so that's the first thing. And I think also this idea that you have to be totally sure of what you want to do at age 18 or, or when you start college and you're kind of figuring out your major or even at you know, 21 or 22 when you're graduating. Um, I think you don't you don't have to be sure, but I think the key is, is to have as many experiences as possible. Put yourself out of your comfort zone, do lots of in- different kinds of internships, um, volunteering, all of that stuff that you can do when you're in college um, and even right out of college, um, because I think you have to kind of see it to be it. I think... Sometimes you won't know what you want to do until you're actually, like, in there, and whether that means um, some sort of internship or volunteering or just having um, a mentor talking to different people in different kinds of careers. The more people you talk to and kind of find out what the reality of their job is, um, then the more of a sense you can get about what you want to do. Um, So I think you should have fun with it. And and I tried to... you know, put in these stories and, and think about the most, the greatest advice and what I wish um, I knew when I was kind of starting out. And so many of these people talk talk about the reality of, you know, struggling with a career or overcoming hurdles or what the financial reality is and, and all that like real life information, which I think can help you um, make a decision and, and forge your own path.
1: So Dan, how do you how do you, how do you think? Do you wow. think you've had enough internships, and do you have enough mentors? Uh, I I think the the mentor situation is pretty well set at this point. But yeah, thank you. I, I'm ready to take the world on at this point. Well, I told him I told him he could run podcasts for the rest of his life and, and make a make a good living with that because he's definitely running this one. That's for sure. So Sarah, since we're on the the topic of you know, hiring and getting getting jobs. What fields out there right now? What fields are hiring these days? What are you seeing out there?
0: You know, well, there the tech world is super super exciting right now, um, and I but I also think it's a very intimidating career space for a lot of people. I think they think that they have to be in order to get into those. Companies they have to be coding since they were 10, and if, they're, if they don't know how to code and they're not a software engineer, then it's not for them. And that's actually not true. Um, I have an amazing guy in the book, Timur Meister, who is um, just started a company called, um, uh, or it started with a podcast actually called Breaking Into Startups, um, and now they have a new app called Career Karma and they help people um, get into coding boot camps. And they kind of specialize in people that actually have no coding experience. Um, And they pair you with the right boot camp, and after, you know, 21 days, hopefully you're in, and they help you figure out the financials of it, um, whether you can kind of pay for it up front or you need a model. Some some of the schools um, let you go in tuition-free. Um, and then you, I think they take like a percentage of your um, first or second year's income. Um, that that whole sector is blowing up. And um, in the next two years, um, the need for um, people with coding skills is going to be, um, it's not going to be met. There's not going to be enough people. Um, so that's a huge um, market. Um, and if you go on their website, they actually have a lot of inspiring stories about, like, you know, moms and um, people kind of from non traditional backgrounds and, you know, teachers and people from the Army um, who kind of made these switches. And um, in my book, I actually had him talk of specifically about careers in tech that don't require any coding skills and what those are. And the average salary, starting salary in the tech world is six figures, so... Um, So I think that's actually a really exciting space for a lot of people. uh, In some cases, you can actually work remotely, which is great. So that's definitely one I recommend.
1: Wow, just that starting salary alone just caught my attention. I was like, wait, what?
0: (laughs) Considering when
1: I first started out in um, television news, Dan will laugh. The first job I got here in Connecticut at a television station that Sarah has actually been on TV doing an interview as well, I made $18,000.
0: Starting, yeah. starting
1: off, and I was excited about that. I mean, oh yeah! Like I was jumping up and down. My mom was crying. I was crying. I was so excited, and yeah, it was eighteen thousand dollars. So, I guess things times of times have had changed a little bit, Sarah. So, okay, well, let's talk a little bit about this whole idea of side gigs, side hustles. What are your thoughts about that? Because I talk to people pretty much every day with my job at Beauty Counter that most people that do Beauty Counter have other jobs. They're doing other, something else full time and they do Beauty Counter as a side gig, a side hustle. And that seems like it's kind of a new phenomenon, right? Like, and what are your thoughts about side gigs, side hustles?
0: Well, I love them. And I think actually it's a, you know, it's a great way to either, you know, add a little extra income to your life or figure out if something that you're super interested in could be a financially viable career option for you. I think it's like a great way to kind of ease into it. Um, and especially with certain careers that are, um, whether it's entrepreneurial or um, like you're you know, trying to start a business, or if you're in a creative career, maybe you're um, an artist or a writer, um, I think starting these things out on the side while while you have another kind of more, you know, nine-to-five career, which gives you um, a steady paycheck and um, maybe a 401k plan, ideally, and some insurance, um, health insurance, I think that that, um, that is kind of ideal, and a lot of the people that I interviewed, that's how they started, and um, I think there's this confidence that comes when you're starting um, with something on the side, and then you realize that you know it's something that can potentially um, make more money than than what you were doing before. Um, there's a guy in my book, um, Guy Wang, who was a lawyer, um, and he started this kind of custom tailoring business on the side. Um, just because he couldn't find a custom suit he liked in Chicago and he's Chinese and he went to Beijing and worked with tailors and, you know, friends started ordering suits and then all of a sudden he realized that, you know, he could actually make a lot of money doing this and now, you know, five years later he's making more money than he did as a lawyer. Um, but it started out as a side hustle, so I'm super into them and um, and I think you should talk about your experience with, you know, with Beauty Counter and, um, and, you know, that and then having multiple jobs, which, which you do.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I do. I do. And I love it. It is. It's amazing. And it's, um, as I've told Sarah before on the phone when we when we spoke before the interview, that it is paying for both my kids to go to private school here in Connecticut. So I'm extremely grateful for the company, the brand, our CEO, everything we're doing. And I do love the work that we're doing. I think it's super important because I'm very passionate about health and wellness so, and you, Sarah, you know, cause you, you've written about beauty, like you said, so you know how important it is, like what you're putting on your body. So it's a great, oh gosh, it's a great completely. company. Yeah.
0: Completely. Yeah. No, and it's nice, I think, to be aligned with a company whose you know, message you really, um, like is, is really matters to you. Um, then I think you can be like that much more successful, um, when you're really like you really feel the you know the brand's messaging like it's not you know you're not just putting them in an act it's something you like really believe in
1: yeah totally I I always say that if I'm very. I'm very the reason I'm so positive about it is because I actually truly believe every single day in the work we're doing. So sorry, it seems like and you know you've mentioned the the whole entrepreneur phenomenon, but it seems as if everyone wants to be an entrepreneur these days. Like it's all the rage and I know, you know, when you and I were coming out of the out of college and entering the job market, that wasn't really a thing. So is it true now that everyone does want to be an entrepreneur? And do you think most people actually have what it takes to be an entrepreneur? Because it's really hard.
0: Well, I think the first thing is I think we're starting, and especially with that Gallup poll kind of showing that millennials want purpose over a paycheck, I think that... People want um, to be in control of their own destiny. Um, and they also, they want to be happy and they want to do work that matters to them. Um, and I think they're seeing entrepreneurial ventures as a way to do all those things. Um, so that's where it becomes really, really appealing. And I think the whole, like, Tim Ferriss, you know, movement, his whole, like, four-hour work week book, you know, that all started with the idea of, you know, working... You know, from wherever you want, um, and and doing it the way you want. I mean, there, you, the technology has opened up this whole world. Um, you know, as you know, where you don't have to go back to corporate life um, or have to be in corporate life if you don't want to be. You can, you know, do a business from home. And I think, especially for women and moms, that's super appealing. Um, and as I said, for for millennials, that is appealing. So, I think there's this whole movement, and actually. Um, there are all these statistics showing that there are more people freelancing, um, you know, year upon year. I think there's like 10 percent more um, of their workforce is starting to freelance from um, the past two years. So yes, there's this whole big movement towards um, being an entrepreneur. Do I think everyone can be an entrepreneur? No. I mean, I think it's it's super hard. Um, I think it requires working 24 seven, which I think sometimes people don't realize. Um, And um, you don't have that consistent paycheck, and you don't have um, a you know healthcare program necessarily. Um, You know that's that's a huge cost and a factor. Um, So I think it's hard. I I don't think it's easy. And and I think part of the reason why I wrote the book and I wanted real people to tell their stories is because I want um, people to understand the reality of all these kinds of jobs. And, and that's including the struggle, whether it be financial or otherwise. And, um, I think it's hard, but I also think it's really exciting. It's really exciting when you have a great idea and you realize that you can, you know, put it out into the world. Um, you know, there is, um, Lisa Congan who she taught, she's written a lot about how to, make it as an artist financially. Um, she makes more money. She started as an illustrator when she was 40. Um, she makes more money now as an artist than she ever did with a salaried job. Um, and she's figured out a, you know, a way to do it, a way to monetize it. Um, and she gives advice to other people in creative fields that want to do that. I mean, you know, my mom, my mom is an artist. And, um, you know, growing up, my mom, maybe, you know, she has beautiful work, but maybe she sold it to a couple friends. Um, or you know, friends of friends, and and that was kind of it. And now you know, if she, you know, if she wanted, she could have like a whole like Etsy operation. Um, so there are there are all there are these you know possibilities thanks to tech and social media and and marketing um, that allow people to be to be entrepreneurs in ways that weren't before. Yeah,
1: let's talk a little bit about social media, Sarah, because it's a topic that I love what role do you think social media is playing in the whole job search and the job market? Like how can people use it to their advantage?
0: Well, I think it's huge. I think in terms of the job search, it's really, really key. I think LinkedIn is like, can be your best friend. Um, And I think it's a way to reach out to people who are in fields um, that you're interested in. Um, You know, ask, um, questions and, and see if maybe they'll they'll answer any questions you have about how to get in or how to get started and um, frankly there you know there are a lot of people who are who are open to that. Um, I have a friend who's a lawyer but super unhappy in her job and she wants to look for a new one. and um, I said to her, I'm like, well, go on my LinkedIn and you know see everybody on my list who's a lawyer. Um, that you might want to talk to and all connect you. And, you know, it's, you can type in a company, any company, um, and then you can see, like, who you have in your network that might be uh, connected to someone in, in that company. Um, so it, it just allows you to reach people in, in ways that work would have taken, like, months or, or possibly not been possible before. So that's kind of the first part. And then secondly, I think social media is an incredible marketing tool. Um, as you know, it's an incredible marketing tool for business. It allows you to, you know, reach a targeted audience. Um, it allows you to scale up your business if done right. I mean, that's why, like someone like Gary Vee has <laughs> become such an icon because you know that's he knows, he talks all about how to leverage social media um, to make more money and build your business. And um, I think it's a very, very exciting time for for that reason.
1: Yeah, and Gary Vee is also like Sarah very bullish on LinkedIn so everyone listening right now let's all get going on our LinkedIn pages ASAP so Sarah what's next for you tell us what you're up to I know you're working on new columns all the time for Forbes so tell us what's next for you and tell us about these columns you're working on
0: yeah so uh, a really exciting thing happened um, with the book Was um, Forbes reached out and and they kind of like the way I was writing about um, career um, and career changes and um, asked me to do a column on career pivots. So now I write um, five stories a month for them all about uh, you know how to make these kinds of changes, um, spotlighting um, different industries and, and different um, types of people who have made these changes. And um, it's really a great way to keep this conversation going. I really think that we're in the era of pivot, and I think... More and more people are going to go into the entrepreneurial space. Um, So I think all this information is really, really relevant right now. And I'm excited to be sharing it. Um, And then I'm just very busy with um, promoting Take the Leap and uh, keeping that conversation going. And the paperback will come out in October. And I'm cooking up ideas for a new book, which is is great. And Mm. I'm also revisiting an old screenplay because I just went out to L.A. and did an event with um, a woman in my book who's a screenwriter and another guy's producer, and um, they switched into those careers, and it was just a reminder that this is a little dream of mine that um, that I want to explore a little more.
1: Oh, stay tuned on yeah. that one. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the book, and everyone can get it on Amazon, your local bookstores, I feel like I've seen it kind of everywhere, Sarah. So congratulations on that because it definitely is, is making an impact and helping so many people. And if, and if your goal was to help people, then man, you really have crushed your goal because it really is so helpful. So thank you so much. And Sarah, tell everyone (laughs) since the gram is my jam Instagram, although, although I am working on LinkedIn now, Sarah, um, (laughs) tell us how we can find you on the gram.
0: So, yeah, I am at, Sarah Bliss NYC, S A R A B L I S S NYC, um, on Instagram and Twitter, um, but Instagram is definitely kind of my my favorite and my medium, um, and I I love it. And I have a website, SarahBliss.com, where you can kind of learn a little bit more about Take a Leap. And um, as you said, Take a Leap is available on Amazon and IndieBound and um, all those good spots.
1: Oh, well, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. And thank you so much for sharing all of this great information with all of us today. Sarah. you've definitely helped our audience either think about their jobs, or maybe make make a new job change, or in Dan's case, <laughs> think about what he's going to do for the rest of his life. <laughs> other, other than help me get podcasts out every single week. So thank you again, Sarah, so much.
0: Thank you. This is so, so fun. And and I love, love what you're doing. Um, keep on doing it. It's so important to have lots of like positivity out in the world.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that so much. And thank you all for listening out there. I'm so grateful for all of you. I know that I would never be here without all of you supporting me and inspiring me to be a kinder, better person every single day. Stay tuned for next week's podcast. Remember, you can find me on iTunes. Please be sure to Subscribe rate and review my podcast too. And I wanted to give a shout out to everyone to please, this is a little plug here, please share my podcast with a friend. I think one of the most important things is sharing and share this podcast with a friend. Maybe you know someone who's looking for a job or, interested in a job change, please share this podcast with a friend. My reviewer of this week is Amy. Amy writes in, and I'm quoting her now, Nina's energy is infectious. She's a boss interviewer and so much fun to listen to. This podcast will brighten your day well Amy I just want to say you're so sweet I really appreciate what you said I work hard every single day to try to brighten things up so I really appreciate that you said that a huge thank you for making my day better today the mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community right here in the audio space for now I am your host Nina Clark remember what I said to Sarah the gram is my jam so let's connect there too thank you again for listening and let's keep being awesome